Hello, this is Pastor Matthew. I just want to take a moment personally to say thank you so much for taking time to listen to this podcast. Our mission is to impact the valley and bless the nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We encourage you to go check out our website at crosslinkva.com. By doing so, you can learn all about the ministries of Crosslink and how we're involved in the community. Please know we're praying for you. God bless you. I am so glad to be back with you and looking forward to the Laugh All Night tonight with comedian Michelle Miller McNair. It's going to be a fabulous night of comedy. But this morning, I have a message on my heart I want to share with you titled, The Fastest Way to Change the World. Repeat after me. The Fastest Way to Change the World. One more time. The Fastest Way to Change the World. I... Just through observation, I've noticed that there's really three types of people when it comes to change. And, you know, you get the person that wants to resist change, like not interested in that. You know, and then you have the, those people that innovate change. They, they literally invent change. And then eventually we all experience change, okay? So we all are going to get it. We're going to get the change eventually. And over um, when I'm traveling, sometimes I'll get to a city and um, I'll get a text message that there was an Amazon delivery at the house. You ever been someplace else and you get the text, right? You know, the package arrived, right? You know what I'm talking about? You know, thanks to the one-click buy, right? You bought it, it arrived, there it is. Well, over at Apple, when Apple opened up the iTunes store, they had to license that technology from Amazon because they wanted a one-click buy for music on the iTunes store because Amazon innovated change. And so in our society today, more than ever, I'm noticing that people are in search of peace, love, and joy. But there are some people that resist change, right? There are some people that are just saying, no, I'm not willing to change. And then there are those that are inventing change, and then there are all of us that we're going to experience change. And when I reflect on the society in which we live, the reality is you all are very much embracing change, and we just don't know it. Right? We, how many, you've ordered from Amazon, you maybe downloaded an app on a phone. You're not really resisting change or afraid of change. We actually are experiencing change together. And so for the world around us right now, I feel like culturally the church is very uniquely positioned to be very innovative and to reach the communities and the neighborhoods in which we live by the way that we reach them through our lives and we become a part of the change that the world wants to see because they're searching for peace, love, and joy. So this morning I have this message on my heart, the fastest way to change the world because I'm asking myself this question, are you waiting for the world to change? You know, am I looking around the community in which I live, the neighborhood where I call home and am I, am I looking out there going, ah, geez, if, if it would only change, if it would only get better, and uh, we could invite Scott and the band back up and tweak that question to, are you waiting on the world to change? And then we'd have a song stuck in our head the rest of the day. But ha- waiting for the world to change is really a passive approach. It's really you and I stepping back and going, yeah, you know, we'll let them figure it out, right? We'll let society and culture kind of solve their own problems, but we're, we're not going to step into that and we're not going to innovate and we're not going to introduce a solution to those problems of not having peace or no love or the lack of joy in their lives. That's why I'm so pumped about tonight with the comedy concert. We're just bringing joy to families through laughter. Because right now, I believe the church is uniquely positioned and tag, you're it. We are a part of this greatest force for good, the local church. 
And so I have a question for us that I'm reflecting on as we're going to open up scripture here during this message to see how Jesus invites us to be a part of the fastest way to change the world. And the first question I want us to reflect on this morning is, does your life intrigue others? So when the world around us is searching for peace, love, and joy, when, when they look at you, do, do they see something different that causes them to be intrigued and so today I want to share with you a story um, about some people you know. It's about your church. During the pandemic and during a season when most people would definitely be waiting for the world to change and have a very passive approach and taking three steps back and saying, you all figure it out. We're just going to kind of stay safe and stay comfortable. Crosslink Community stepped into the community and you all were very intentional by the way that you began to serve and through your giving, was able to be generous to this community. When schools were closed and, unfortunately, students that were receiving meals at school were not receiving them at home, but still needed those resources because their family didn't have the means to feed their kids, your church was innovative and took space here on your property and was able to repurpose it and change it to become a food pantry. And through that food pantry, you reached families across multiple counties to reach them in a point of need when most people were waiting for the world to change. But instead, you were stepping into their story and because of the, the boldness of your love and, and, the, and the bravery of your generosity, the, those families began to become intrigued. Why are you being so generous to us? Why are you being so loving and caring? And then you took it a step further and you your church family went into the hospital system and you provided lunch and gift cards to nurses that were serving so sacrificially. It's, it's, hearing that story from Pastor Matthew, it touches my heart. My, my wife's a nurse. And you know, to see their sacrifice and you know, the, the risk they were putting themselves through, but also just the stress that they were experiencing. You all stepped into their lives and said, you know, we're, we're going to intrigue you by the way that we love you and the way that we give to you and we're going to bless you and, and bring you a meal and provide you gift cards. And then you even took it a step further with the first responders and came alongside them and provided gift cards and showed up and told them you were praying for them and being present in their lives in a time when most people were retreating and hiding and protecting themselves. You all were being present in the community because the way that you love and show generosity it causes others to be curious. So when you, when you were innovating here at the church to create a food pantry out of space that you could reutilize to then reach families and your vans became the delivery system, I mean, how cool is that? You were bringing food that was essential to these homes in a time when most people would say, now, you know, we're, we'll wait for everything to kind of settle down. You all were proactive and stepped in. And that causes people to look at you and ask the question, why? Why are you so loving? Why are you so generous? See, that causes people to be intrigued. And then we get to introduce them to Jesus, the fastest way to change the world. You see, Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, and I want to invite you to join me in reading this aloud. If you're joining us online this morning, I welcome you to pour me a cup of coffee. We'll sit down, have some conversation, and let's read this scripture together in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. 
Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now, I grew up in church, as Pastor Matthew mentioned, I'm a recovering preacher's kid, and we used to sing this song, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. And then my favorite part, hide it under a bushel. One more time, hide it under a bushel. No. What culture and society would like to do for you is to mute your influence. I have a friend in Central Florida, he has built a network of radio stations, and I ask him, how do you develop the programming structure for this? He goes, we have a very sophisticated research method. We'll have a focus group in a conference room at a hotel, and we'll put headphones on them and a dial, and we'll play a song, and if they turn it up, they love it. If they turn it down, we don't play it. And that is, they don't want it to shine. So Jesus is beckoning to us today to go from here and to shine, not that we get the attention or the likes or the photo op or the kudos or the, hey, well done. It's so that they take notice, you intrigue them, and then your life gets to introduce them to Jesus, the fastest way to change the world. So does your life intrigue others? I mean, your church family is being proactive with this because that is the fastest way to change the world. The second question I want us to look at today to help us become a part of the fastest way to change the world is, does your life invite others? You know, we're coming out of a season where isolation was paramount and more than ever, there's been a greater level of loneliness. I was invited to join a Zoom meeting in Massachusetts with uh, a large organization that was doing a statewide campaign to combat isolation and loneliness for senior adults. And I do a lot of initiatives with neighboring. And what we're finding across the United States is more than ever, the doors are closed to access. And a lot of people are staying home and they're removed. And we need to, as the church family, step out in boldness with the ability to invite others again to come in. I mean, you all are doing a great job here in Virginia. There are other parts of the country where where they're still trying to kind of thaw out from this pandemic. Back in 2019, my grandfather at 101 years old passed away. And I went to the funeral and my mother was ushering in my grandmother to come down front to see Grampy. And I was over there at the keyboard playing the prelude hymns and, you know, they see grandma coming in with my mom and I, I jump up from the keyboard and I run over to help my grandmother and she comes down front to, to say her farewells to Grampy. And my grandmother looked at me and she said, Timmy, she called me Timmy. Timmy, I want to take him home with me. You see, my grandparents had celebrated 80 years of marriage. They were the longest living married couple in the state of Massachusetts. That next week, I found myself at Grandma's house, and we were spending some time together, and I, you know, I sat down on the couch with her, and you know, I'm kind of like squeaky on the plastic covering, you know, <laughs> I get a witness, right? And I'm leaning up against the Afghan, and, and I'm talking to Grandma, and I wanted to ask her an important question. So I pulled out my phone, and I wanted to capture the moment, and I turned on the voice memo app, and I recorded this conversation. I said, Grandma, when was it that you made a decision to make Jesus Lord of your life. 
And my grandmother began to tell me a story of how her family of eight, they were looking for an apartment to rent on the east end of Boston. And they were touring this apartment complex and the landlady, Caroline, was walking them around. And her mom told the landlady that she was not feeling well. My grandmother was 14 years old and she was sick. And then Caroline began to say how she was a Christian and she goes to church and My grandmother's mom said to the landlady, well, Caroline, if your God is for real, then invite my daughter Anna to church with you. And so my grandmother told me how she went to church for the very first time at the age of 14, and she walked down the aisle that day, and she knelt and prayed to make Jesus Lord of her life. And she said, Timmy, I stood up, and I experienced a joy that I never had experienced before. And I went back home and I told my mom what happened. And then my mother prayed to make Jesus Lord of her life. And then a year later, my father prayed to make Jesus Lord of her life. See, friends, don't underestimate the impact of an invite. Even one person that you may invite to join you here at Crosslink, who but knows the change that you will bring to their home and to their family not just for history's sake, but for eternity's sake. See, last summer, 2020, in June, my grandmother passed away. And I couldn't travel to Massachusetts to be there for the funeral. And my mom texted me. She was back at grandma's house. And she says, is there anything that you want from grandma's house? And Pastor Matthew, all I could do to respond to that question from my mom was, no. Grandma already gave us everything I could ever hope for. (laughs) Because grandma introduced our family to Jesus. You see, my mom was raised in that home and she learned about Jesus. And then our family was called to go to Haiti to be missionaries and we went there to villages where there were no churches. I remember the day my dad and I were on a wooden boat with a little outboard motor and we're slowly... (laughs) very slowly, cruising down the coastline, and we see up ahead these clusters of palm trees, coconut trees, and piles, huge piles of conch shells in a village that we soon learned was called T. Riviere. And we went ashore that day, and I remember my dad, we were like discovering this new unknown village, and we, we step off the boat, and my dad began to ask the villagers there, do you have a church? No. Do you have a school? No. Do you have a well? No. And we said to them, my dad had this this great pioneering faith, we will come back. And we did. And we went back to Tiriviere and we started a church, we started a school, we drilled them a well to the glory of God, got an aquifer, a literally artesian well there in Tiriviere. And today in Tiriviere, your church rebuilt that building and campus after the earthquake. Today, a graduate of ours, Desmond, he actually is the pastor and school director there to the glory of God in the village of Tiriviere, where there was once no church and school. Jesus showed up, the fastest way to change the world, where they only had voodoo. Now the gospel came to that community, to the glory of God. You see, that was because of the power of an invite. Somebody invited my grandmother to come to church And it changed the trajectory of our family's history. So don't underestimate the impact of an invite. But I want you to meet this morning the inventor 
the innovator of the invite, Jesus. You see, Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, a very short verse, models for us the power of the invite. And Jesus, and he said to them, what? Go away. Now, what did Jesus say? Follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. See, Jesus was the master inviter. Can, can you imagine being in the village or on the hillside and, and Jesus beckoning to you, come, follow me. You see, when we are invited by Jesus to know him personally, he immediately sends us out to invite others. We are invited to go invite. So does your life invite others? Don't underestimate the impact of an invite. You could invite a coworker or, or a classmate or a family member or a neighbor to join you here at Crossing. Who but knows what God will do through their life because of your invite? And, and I, I can't say it loud enough. Tonight is a great, great reason to invite somebody for a live comedy concert. It's going to be hilarious. So feel welcome to invite someone to come back with you tonight. But the third question I want to reflect on today and this is a hard one for me right now in this season is this question of, does your life involve others? You know, because I'll raise my hand. I've been guilty. I've been at the grocery store and I'm standing over here and, and then all of a sudden I move over here and then I kind of do that little, little sidestep dance again because I'm avoiding people, right? You know, I'm, more than ever, you know, it's like you, you go to the coffee shop and it's kind of more like, you know, three steps back and you're kind of like navigating around people. And we're in this culture of avoidance and isolation and concern when we weren't designed to do life alone. God intended for us to do life together. I, I can't say this enough that life is better and stronger together. I, I just beckon and encourage you to, to be involved in a community group here at Crosslink because when you're in a community group and you have people sharing life with you, when you go through a season of difficulty or challenge, somebody else in, the, in that community group can go, hey, hey, hey I, I've been there before. I, I remember when I was in the middle of that tunnel and, and there was a dim light ahead and they can reach into your story and help and serve and connect with you in a way that only God can orchestrate because we're not intended to do life alone. And our neighborhood, um, I have to tell you, involving others has been something that we have made a priority in the last several years and connecting with our neighbors through different ways. Actually, just, just yesterday morning, I was up before sunrise with my German short-haired pointer, Daisy. Uh, Daisy. Daisy loves to go running in the morning and it's, it's more me chasing her. And uh, we're playing fetch and throwing balls around. And we find ourselves over with our neighbor. And they actually have a dog named Daisy. She's a little bit older. But we're playing together. And, and I'm having a conversation with Mike, my neighbor. And when I came into your church this morning, um, I took a photograph of your floor. It's the same floor as his garage. And he likes cars. And, and I'm, I'm trying to reach Mike, and we're talking about some things about the Lord, fresh for his life, new for his life, because he knows where I am, what I do. He, I sent him a picture of your church this morning. And I was telling your, your pastor earlier, use everything for the gospel. 
And so I'm using Daisy to connect with Mike through his dog, Daisy, and we're having conversation. And I see his garage, and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And I come in here, and I see your floor. I'm like, that's really cool. And now I can, can connect back to Mike, and he's like, wow, that's a church. That's cool. And we can have conversation because our lives are involving one another. Anybody here have a dog or any pets at home? Show of hands. Any people have cats? Okay, we'll pray for you after. But we... <laughs> You know, use everything for the gospel. You know, that dog is going to cause intrigue and you're going to get attention and you can have conversation. But I had a neighbor call me recently and they were going to relocate to Tennessee and they had their house for sale and the survey came back and they found out, unfortunately, there was a problem and they needed some help to move a fence. Their fence was 14 feet into the neighbor's yard. So they called me up. Hey, man, can, you know, could, could you maybe gather some other neighbors? Come on over and help. And so I'm like, well, like a good neighbor, I'll call another neighbor to go over and help. <laughs> no, I actually gathered some guys, and seven of us went over to help Kevin that day, and we, it was a four-board fence, and we pulled off the boards and pulled up the posts and, you know, moving it over and redigging the post holes and dropping them in. And it was a little bit of a wavy art form that we created. It was a little, a little artistic, but we got it done, you know. And then as, as, as smart guys, we went out and celebrated by eating ribs after. Can I get a witness? Amen. Raise the roof, right? But we um, involved one another. And so does your life involve others right where you live? Or are we ignoring them and, and avoiding them? You see, Jesus gave us the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. And, and I've been reflecting on this, and this is kind of a bold statement, but and, and, and the work in which I'm involved with, with new missions, it's a very sentimental verse. But, but I've been reflecting on this, that, you know, in, in modern times, you would probably name this the TED Talk by Jesus, right? I mean, this was the last message. This was the big idea worth spreading. Jesus was giving his last speech. I mean, this is, this is important. We got to pay attention to this. And, and he begins by saying, say it with me, Go. It sounds very passive, doesn't it? That sounds very much waiting for the world to change. That sounds very much like, yeah, we'll let somebody else solve that problem. Uh, Pastor Matthew and I know this. We talk a lot about challenges and, and, and frustrations sometimes you can face in the calling in which you have. And I, I tend to encourage pastors with two statements. First, listen to your calling. This may be for somebody this morning. Listen to your calling more than your critics. And sometimes God is calling us to solve the harder problems. And that's when you can say, thank you, Jesus, that you've sent me. And so Jesus gives this TED Talk. He gives this commission. I know that's a stretch, but listen. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. This isn't passive. This is so proactive. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you. Say it with me. One more time. Though I am with you, only on the sunny days, right? Only when the weather is right. No. No matter the season and the circumstance of our culture and our world in which we live, Jesus is with us always, even into the end of the age. We were walking between the first service, Matthew and I, and we were reflecting on, on the message, and I says, I always ask Pastor Matthew, like he's a, he's an amazing communicator, and, and I'm um, I feel very intimidated because he's a he's a great Bible teacher too, and I'm over here telling you stories about dogs. 
And, uh, <laughs> and he's like, you know, Tim, when, when you mentioned in this reading the scripture of I am with you always, he goes, Tim, I just only could reflect on how your family really suffered through some things in Haiti when things weren't easy. Um, we've gone through earthquakes and hurricanes and political coups and, and just a lot of crazy stuff that you, you would run from. And, 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 and I don't know about you right now, but I want to say to you, um, whatever that circumstance you're journeying through, Jesus is with you always, and he gives you that faith to come through it. Why? So you can have a greater faith in him. And so we look back on the history of 38 years of serving in Haiti, and we see how Jesus has been with us always through all the circumstances. Why? So that his name would be known, that the world around us would be intrigued by the way that we love and show generosity. We didn't run from the problem. We stayed through the problem so others could be intrigued and then they are introduced to Jesus. And then we invite people to come to church and we invite people to be involved and all of a sudden we begin to see life change. Why? Because Jesus is the fastest way to change the world. This is such a big deal. I believe that we exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. You all don't deliver food to families and, and vans from your church because you want them to not be hungry. You bring the food to them because you want them to know Jesus. You use everything for the gospel. So we'll provide medical care in Haiti or we'll drill a well in a village, not so they won't be thirsty or, or they won't be sick. It's that they will call on the name of the Lord and be saved through a personal relationship with Jesus. Why? Because Jesus changes everything. He brings that peace and that love and that joy that the world is searching for. And this is what it looks like for us, friends. And this is, this is so clear. I don't know any other scripture that helps me understand this than 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It's so clear for us today that therefore, if, say it with me, anyone, that's non-discriminatory, anyone, wherever you are, whatever struggles you've gone through, whatever hangups you have, whatever hurts you're frustrated with, Jesus can come meet you where you are and then he does something. He changes you, watch. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, it gets better. He is a new creature. See, we went to villages where they only practiced voodoo, where children came from homes where the parents never went to school, and a child was only destined to be illiterate and uneducated, where now the old was gone and the new came, and they found Jesus and the gift of education, and their life was changed forever. Because here's what happens. The old things passed away, and behold, new things have come. So as our life intrigues and our life invites and our life involves, we begin to introduce others to Jesus. And Jesus is the fastest way to change the world. What's the fastest way to change the world? It's to introduce others to Jesus. We're invited to this today. So will you intrigue others? And will you invite others? Don't underestimate the impact of an invite. And will you involve others? Let's not ignore and avoid, but hey, let's, let's step into people's stories and involve ourselves. Maybe there's a project a neighbor's doing and you can go over and help, or maybe there's a coworker that has a situation at work and you can step into that situation and help. Friends, um, this morning as we go from here, I, I want to reflect back on those two brands that I mentioned in the beginning because they owe you a thank you. They stole some language from the church. Over at Amazon, 
Jeff Bezos actually gave this title to employees called missionary. So an employee that was focused on a task and would not let distraction delay them, he would call them a missionary because they were so dedicated to their task. Then over at Apple, they actually had an individual titled chief evangelist because they wanted to propagate the brand around the world. And I believe today that our lives can intrigue and invite and involve others and we can go from here as God's missionaries and evangelists to the world around us. Instead of waiting for the world to change, we can step into our communities and the culture and we can become a part of the fastest way to change the world. So I want to invite us all here in this room to stand. And if you're watching online, I'd like for you just to have a moment of prayer right where you are. And let's pray this morning that we would surrender to this calling to be his missionaries and his evangelists, that our lives may intrigue by the way that we show love and generosity, that our lives may invite and that our lives may involve others today so that we will be a part of the fastest way to change the world. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for my dear friends. God, this morning, this is not by accident that we're here. And even in this time and place in our culture, in our country, and in our communities, that you would send us to be influences of change. That our lives would intrigue and invite others, Lord. May you orchestrate those moments. God, use everything in our lives. God, I thank you for this church that you have so uniquely place them here in this valley for this time and place to be influencers for change. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to this podcast. We encourage you to come and join us right here on our campus. We're located right next to the county fairgrounds here in Harrisonburg, Virginia. If you have any questions about the church, any question about the message, Feel free to email us or call us and let us know. And we look forward to seeing you soon. God bless you.